0: A decision, a factor in this was even though I couldn't do any of this hiking mm-hmm. and like exercise and elevation change, I actually Googled and make sure I could get up to Table Mountain in an alternative way because I'm like I'm not going to Cape Town, South Africa and not seeing like one of their biggest attractions, which is Table Mountain. I'm like, right. there's no point in me going because everything I do there I could see anywhere else.
1: I'm Trizzy and I'm Leah. And this is Ticket to Anywhere podcast, bringing you the gear, tools, and tips to equip you for a travel-filled life.
0: No matter your travel experience or lack thereof, we aim to be your first stop when you're thinking of where to go, how to get there, what to bring, and what
1: to do. Catch the latest episode every other Wednesday on YouTube or your favorite listening app. We'd
0: love to connect with you. Find Ticket to Anywhere on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, and LinkedIn.
1: Moeni. Moeni everyone. I'm Trizzy. And I'm Leah. And this is the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. In today's episode, we're talking about Cape Town, South Africa, baby. Ooh, I've
0: been waiting for this one, because right? Guess who, guess who just spent uh almost five weeks there? Me. <laughs> <laughs> me as in
1: Leah L.A. in flight, not me as in Trinidad.
0: Yes, don't worry. I called her every day and I was like, look where I'm at. <laughs> come be with me. Yeah, come be yeah, with me seriously. in my... Yeah, I I even
1: looked at flights too because she had an apartment to herself and I was like, girl, let me
0: She, let me I literally see. had a two bedroom to myself and I was like, yo, I literally have a bedroom for you if you decide to come out. I was like, just be prepared to fly 37 hours like I did. <laughs> <laughs> but Cape Town was such a surprise. I wouldn't expect anything less. I loved it more than I thought I would. You know, That's there. Awesome. I'll, in the episode you hear the reasons for me going to Cape Town exactly, but I would literally do it again and again and again. Yeah, and it was great how
1: you broke everything down. from Everything from before the trip, when we were there, what you don't want to miss. And I think that's really key, especially yes. when people are overwhelmed with researching. Mm-hmm. You just go straight to what you don't want to miss, and then Leah lists, lists it out.
0: Yeah, so. I hope that's helpful. There's something for everyone there, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think it's a capital of adventure, of ad nature, of nature, ad nature. of <laughs> <Ad> nature. <laughs> it's a capital of adventure, nature, cultures, mm. big mix of cultures, which means lots of great food. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, a beautiful place to be. Highly, highly recommend. I think
1: one of my favorite part, and I'm not going to spoil anything, was (laughs) the history lesson that Leah broke down. Yeah.
0: Uh, just in case you do want to know some things before you go, which I always think is important, but what's even more important is learning while you're there. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Leah brought back some tea for me. Always. Yes. And (laughs) what I'm drinking today in my Ember cup is rooibos tea uh fresh pack right fresh pack is the yes. brand and leah told me that they drink it kind of like how we drink lipton so it's, it's definitely like the locals tea yeah. yeah it's a household brand
0: you sure. could literally go like i went to woolworth's which is a huge grocery store chain headquartered in south africa mm-hmm. uh they call it woolies affectionately Woolies <laughs> for short but i got like 40 bags for two u.s mm-hmm. dollars Ooh. And rooibos, you know, is native to South Africa. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I gotta go and get Trizzy the local stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, I got a fresh pack rooibos steeping in here. <laughs> <laughs> and me, it's uh, not South African coffee, unfortunately. Um, this is actually a rose latte from Coffee Kiosk, but you know, iced with oat milk. Yeah, well
1: cheers to uh, a, a month, a month in Cape Town. A month in Cape Town. Uh, Enkosi everyone, which means thank you, in en Enkosa. Safety Wing is the world's first international travel medical insurance. You can sign up even if your trip is already happening. Or sign up in advance by selecting a future start date. For only $42 per four weeks, you can be covered under Safety Wing and its Nomad Insurance. Click the link in our description for more info and to sign up. Safe travels!
0: Moeni, everyone! That is how you say hello or hi in Xhosa which is one of the native languages of South Africa. And today I am bringing you on a ride to visit Cape Town, South Africa in particular. So excited for this episode. Yeah! Woo. I think you really love, I know yeah. I said you'd really love London. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this is much more, lots of nature, lots of outdoors. Mm-hmm. is very, very different. Kind of reminiscent of the coastline of California, but still very distinct on its own. So
1: I remember Leah sent me a photo of somewhere and I was like, that looks like Long Beach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I spent um, a month in Cape Town, solely Cape Town, South Africa, with a tour company called Remote Year There. I got to bring my job. It was really exciting. They kind of take care of everything else. Mm -hmm. But uh, how did I decide on Cape Town? It actually wasn't, it wasn't like number one on my list. I wanted to get there eventually. I've heard so many great things. Wine, nature, you know, terrain. I've heard so many wonderful things. And yeah. the culture is very laid back. But I actually was looking for, I wanted to be around people who are working. I mm-hmm. uh, So basically I wanted to go on a digital nomad trip. I wanted uh, something that was in like a certain price point. So mm-hmm. I was willing to go on like kind of a group tour an adventure tour if you will it was under x amount of dollars uh a country i'd never been is always a plus right and i knew i had between like january 1st and february 8th essentially so when i was like googling and researching something that fit all that box all those boxes Mm -hmm. and uh found a good deal and i was like wait i think i'm just i think cape town fits all of these Perfect. So off to South Africa, I went, and then I booked that group package six weeks before I left. Oh, wow. Which means I booked a flight about five weeks before I left. Yep. (laughs) So everything happened quickly. Exactly. And so, as one of our destination episodes, what we try to do is get you excited about going kind of give you a what you need to know before you go things that i experienced while i was there um south africa has a lot of history um and then a lot there was a lot of colonization as well and so it's a very colorful colorful history um and then cape town is on a whole different level being the second largest city there that's crazy so first section how we like to separate the um destination episodes much much of the planning I told Mm -hmm. you why Cape Town travel insurance always get it I'm not even going to expand on it but we have (laughs) multiple multiple episodes uh why we use safety wing even we had the founder of safety wing on it and we were using safety wing before we even became acquainted with them so always recommend it the season for Cape Town you know that 70% of the world lives in the northern hemisphere that's damn 70% sheesh (laughs) yes So Cape Town is in the Southern Hemisphere. That's where I want to be. It's at the (laughs) bottom, right now, right? It's at the bottom of the continent of Africa. So whatever it is up, if you're in the US or in Europe, it's the opposite. So since I went the whole month of January when it was like dumping rain here in California and flooding, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I was in Cape Town in their summertime. (laughs) And that that was a plus. I would always love to be in warmer weather, right? right? When it's cold, when it's cold, quote, unquote, cold. I mean, quotes for those listening. And you love
1: dipping out in January, like after the holidays
0: and stuff. Yeah. I was telling Trizzy this. For me personally, January has usually been a really down, quiet Mm -hmm. month. And I think for a lot of people. Yeah. But that's because for the holidays, I usually stay close to home. Yeah. That's why. So January for me, I'm like, great. I haven't done anything for a few months. Let's bounce. <laughs> and to be honest, flights, it's like proven that flights are cheaper okay. after New Year's. There you go. So I'm like, yeah. all right, like January, let's go. Start off the New Year strong with exactly. the big trip. Exactly. And I, I was one of those people, like, I thought I always wanted to be somewhere new for New Year's, but it doesn't have to be like... On New Year's Exactly. Yeah. yeah. As long as I'm, you know, if I can go somewhere right after that. Yeah. It's also nice, right? (laughs) which brings me into purchasing the flight. Mm -hmm. I flew, I purchased my flight five weeks beforehand. Like I said, I bought a round trip option with Turkish Airlines, which we spoke about this (sighs) in a few episodes ago, right? Mm -hmm. That particular flight was $400 cheaper than every other flight that day. So of course I booked it. I know. Very odd. And it was a round trip. Yeah. But got a great deal. I recommend them. Everyone has different experiences on every airline you go yeah. to, but after I posted that you can get free layover tours, free hotel nights during your layover with Turkish Air, a lot of people actually reached out to me and they're like, "Hey, I'm thinking about flying Turkish Air to this destination or that destination. Yeah. Um, what would you recommend?" And like, you know, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. I'd say like if the price point is right, just do it. Exactly. Um accommodation was interesting, you know. Flying to Cape Town, it's a very very developed city. Um you can find accommodation anywhere, homestays, hostels, hotels, long-term stays, short-term stays. Because I went with a group, I actually stayed in a really nice apartment for a month on the V&A Waterfront, which is quite touristy, but it's pretty safe and um there's a lot of options there, although I tried to leave the waterfront as much as I could. Yeah. Like the the apartment building itself was very modern, and I loved it. it. was beautiful. Stayed there for a month. The package I paid for was supposed to have a roommate. There was mix-ups with two roommates there, so I ended up being roommate-free for an entire That's so nice month. In y'all, I'm not even kidding. The biggest like you could never get something that size here. In Los Angeles, <laughs> it was massive, and I had the whole thing to myself—like two bedrooms, two showers. Nice. Oh my god, <laughs> the best deal they ever. I had laundry
1: and everything too. Oh yeah,
0: laundry, laundry in unit, dishwasher wow. in unit. Yeah, it was great. Balcony. Yeah, massive balcony. Ugh. And it's it was a furnished apartment too, okay. so I don't have to worry. Yeah, Just walk nice. in. Yeah, some cleaning supplies. Yeah, was super nice. Living the life. <laughs> yeah. In in summer though. So I went for about four and a half weeks. I went for 37 days. Right when I left the apartment, I had to go find like an Airbnb or hostel or hotel even. Mm. I prefer a hotel actually. And I was trying to find it as a lot of people were coming in for the summer because there were big summer events going on like Formula E, boat racing events. And even though I was looking like 10 days in advance, it was still really tough to find like hotels within a certain price point. So if you're going in summer, I'd say book yeah. as early as possible as you can for okay. anywhere in Cape Town, just because it's, it's popular. Like the, there were a lot of Brits coming down from, okay. you know, the UK right. where it's cold coming to Cape Town for South African summer. Yeah. Makes okay. sense. Who doesn't, who wants to stay in the cold? They don't <laughs> want to escape to summer. Hell yeah. Um. So it's a, a popular, you know, vacation destination as well for nice. summer months. Yeah. Um, I know these are all like the logistics, but hopefully they'll help you. I know they're kind of uh, mundane, but they'll help you. They'll help you get to the time of your life. Mm -hmm. Airport, my pickup was complimentary because I booked the whole group package. Uh, If you organize a pickup, though, it can cost you as much as like 25 to 30 US dollars. And when I opened the Uber app, um, a pickup from the airport is like as little as 13 to 16 dollars. Uh, So I'm going to um, be honest. Use Uber. Yeah. Tip your driver well. Yeah. Those are my, t- <laughs> those are my tips right, right. about it. And they drive on the other side of the road. Um, they call it the correct side of the road, but I literally Googled it mm-hmm. today. There's 124 countries that drive on the right side of the road, which is us. Oh. They drive on the left side. And it's so- funny to me, they call it the so correct side. I'm yeah. like, okay, there's like five <laughs> nations. <laughs> there's more than that, but... The correct side. I know. I'm like, um... Okay, you're calling the correct side when most of the world drives on the other side of the road.
1: It ain't correct when you're on the left. (laughs) It ain't correct if it ain't right. Get it, get it. (laughs)
0: Okay. Okay. (laughs) And as far as phone, um, one of the last most basic things as far as phone, if you know me, you know I switch to a SIM card everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. I don't do the eSIM yet because my phone is like old enough, quote unquote, where the, the changing to a local SIM card is fine. It's unlocked. Mm-hmm. I, through the program I went through, I bought a SIM for $38. And when I get there, found out that I was completely overpriced. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) so honestly like just get on the ground go find like a Vodafone I can't remember if it's called Vodafone or Vodacom but I had that okay there's like stores in all the malls there there's stores everywhere just buy your sim card on the ground okay so (laughs) it's always cheaper outside oh always yeah yeah. Yeah, I like pre-purchase mine but Mm -hmm. they have to mark it up somehow to make money Mm -hmm. um $38 yeah Yeah. Nah, I'm good (laughs) (laughs) $38 for 36 days Right. Yeah, well, I ex- okay, so after like 4 weeks, I added on a little bit more, like 5 to 10 gigs, I cannot remember. Okay. And it was another like $20, and then I realized I'm like, wait, that was like $58. My phone bill at home in California here every month is $53. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and to be honest, like the guy at the Vodafone store, he was like uh, he's like, how many more days are you here when I was reloading my phone? And mm-hmm. I was like, like five. And he's like, I don't know if you're going to need this much. And I was like, okay. just do it anyway, just in case. Because sometimes I'm like, I don't like being without data. Okay. Yeah. So I probably could have done without it. Because there is Wi-Fi available everywhere. That's also a good thing. Gotcha. Wi-Fi available most places. Okay. All right. This section I love. And I think you'll find it very useful because I'll i I'll dive a little bit into more uh, more of it as this show, <laughs> this episode goes on. But this is like, do not miss. These are my must sees in Cape Town. Yes. I have like two social media posts on like TikTok and Instagram detailing what you shouldn't miss from like the four weeks that I went there. So, yeah, let's get into it. I would say definitely the farmers markets. I'm a sucker for a farmers markets, <laughs> yes, right? You are. So, Old Biscuit Mill, which has DJs and dancing on oh, Saturdays, like right nice. in front of the mountain, is beautiful. Outside during the day. Old Biscuit Mill is popular. Oranya Zeke Farmer's Market. It is also very popular. It was literally a six-minute walk to where I was staying, but they're open Wednesday nights for night market. And it's food, produce, um, handmade goods. It's a little bit on the pricier side. I think Mm -hmm. it's geared towards the tourist. Okay. Um, but they have incredible, incredible food. So, they're open on Saturdays, Sundays, and Wednesday nights. Nice. And, like, your standard farmer's market's hours, like, 8 to 2 on okay. the weekend. So, you got to get there early. Mm-hmm. I literally went every chance I got. Nice. <laughs> like, good. we'd literally go on a wine tasting tour. Or we'd go on some tour that would start mm-hmm. at, like, 8.30. I'm like, let me run to the farmer's market and get Aww. my coffee first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and then in... Um, Oh my goodness! Bay Harbor Market as well. That's also a popular one in Hout Bay. Super pop It's like the oldest market in Cape Town, actually. I oh think man. it is Bay Harbor Market. Okay. It's a little bit smaller, but it's very unique. And then Green Square is also more of a shopping market right in the middle of the city. City. Okay. Uh, not Best really outdoor? food. Yeah, outdoor, okay. but it's more like souvenir shopping. Oh, Do you know what I mean? gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Not necessarily farmer's market, but still market. So. Mm-hmm i would recommend going if you can get a local to give you a tour or go with you is langa langa is like the oldest township it's a little village in i believe south africa and they're really trying to turn the village around you know provide resources for the people that live there it's kind of outside of the center of cape town but it's still considered cape town I did get my amazing, amazing earrings from there. I actually got it from the art center that's in the middle. Where they have a ton of local artists selling their artwork. And as you know, we always buy and support local whenever we can. So Longa is a very important place to visit. Learn about the people, the culture there, um, and just the village and their way of life. And support the local artists. Don't miss the markets. So many outdoor hikes. This is your port right here. Let's go. Lion's Head, super famous. I couldn't do it because if you've been following my journey, I um, just got a knee surgery. Uh, at the time I was in Cape Town, it the knee surgery was like three and a half months prior. Mm. So I couldn't do any elevation, any hiking, any anything like that. I can walk, walk all I want, walk everywhere. Yeah. Walk across the continent of Africa, but
1: <laughs> but
0: couldn't do any hiking, couldn't change my levels lineshead super popular. People do it all the time for like full moon. They do it for sunrise. Ooh, they do it for sunset. That
1: sounds nice. It's
0: like people would literally like before they start work go hike Lionshead. When they when they end work for sunset go hike Lionshead. Wow. Yeah, it's great. It's maybe sense. like an hour or so. Yeah, there and back. If you go up to the top, you can see both. Nice. Oh, you can see everything. So east, west. So you, that's why there's a good sunrise, a good yeah. sunset. Oh, you can see everything. The that. last part of Lion's Head, if you do any research on it, though, you're literally like pulling yourself up by chains, though. So. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you really, really love Lion's Head. And it's easier because Table Mountain is also very iconic mm-hmm. in Cape Town, but it's huge. And most yeah, of it okay. is actually like vertical climbing. Yeah, I've seen that. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are trails, but they're steep. Okay. So, um, that's why going up by cable car is very popular for table mountain, ah. even though, okay. So a decision, a factor in this was even though I couldn't do any of this hiking mm-hmm. and like exercise and elevation change, I actually Googled and make sure I could get up to table mountain in an alternative way. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to Cape town, South Africa and not seeing like one of their biggest attractions, which is table mountain. I'm right. like, there's no point in me going cause everything I do there, I could see anywhere else. Mm -hmm. pretty much you know so yeah i mean there's tons of walks you can do you can walk from signal hill to the base of lion's head which i did you Mm -hmm. can walk along the promenade along the ocean nice yeah i want to start a series of like people who are injured or can't do elevation change what else they can do in the cities i have like a post on that on hawaii you totally should like what other active and outdoor things you can do besides hiking yeah because like you know, sometimes it's just a level change that exactly. you can't do. Yeah, I'm still mobile, luckily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look out for those. Um, paragliding off Signal Hill, which is really wow. cool. It's kind of adjacent to Lion's Head. There's like a whole, and you can even go up there just to like watch the paragliders. Okay. And then when they're not paragliding, you can also do um, a sunset there. They call a sunset sundowner in oh. South Africa. It's really cute. Yeah, Sundowner. So it's very popular to just have a picnic, a bottle of wine, go catch a sundown or somewhere, whether it's on the beach or it's on a mountain or it's on a hill.
1: Romantic.
0: Yeah, very romantic, very chill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So all the outdoor hikes, visiting all the tide and swimming pools along the coast, that ties into, like, walking as well, like walking anywhere along the promenade along the coast, beaches and water activities, Clifton's beaches, there's four of them. They're beautiful. The water is beautiful. You kind of have to go through residential neighborhoods and, like, Climb all the stairs, or sorry, like, descend all the stairs. (laughs) So it's kind of cliff, kind of cliff, but there's stairs to get down to the beaches. It's a bit of a trek, a few minutes, but, you know. Is it like a scary trek down? No, because it's like stairwells, like staircases. Yeah. Yeah. So there, and there's like railing, you know, it's just kind of steep. Um, Mm -hmm. Camps Bay, super, super popular. Camps Bay is like the Bondi beach of Mm. Cape Town. Also, Cape Town is massive. It's huge. Like If you look at it on the map, it's like the entire peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> but beaches and water, and it's not like you can go in the water. Um, it is, to me, is freezing, but I don't have a very high cold tolerance. <laughs> um, but as far as like waves, okay. they're pretty safe. Okay. You can go surfing, which is cool. You just have to go, I think, to different kinds of beaches. Mm-hmm. So more outdoor activities again. Uh, Visit the penguins at Boulder's Beach. You can get nice and close to them. Uh, We did a guided tour that kind of messed up where we were supposed to go exactly. So we got like 10 feet away from the penguins. But I did not get up close to them. And because that guided tour was kind of botched, I actually had some friends that went back and redid the guided tour and oh, got up okay. close to penguins. I didn't because I didn't have enough time. <laughs> but you can get up close and chill with the penguins How at cute. Boulder's Beach. Yeah, Cage diving with the sharks, which is a very, very, very popular activity to do in South Africa. Just note that it is like three hours away from Cape Town. Oh, wow. So it's not exactly in – the pickup points in Cape Town – so but you're you literally traveling out? all... Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Three hours to drive out. Do you know how far you have to go in the ocean? Uh, I don't actually, because okay. I didn't go on this trip, because I'm like, I'm not paying, I don't... Hundreds and hundreds of dollars to, to you know, not... Because I'm like, oh, I don't know. My risk tolerance is very, like, mm. low, low. Gotcha. Is that right? Yeah, Yeah. These days? Yeah. yeah, low these days. <laughs> and... Well, my friends, I did it. Six of them went. Okay. They came back, and it was so cute because one of my friends was like, "Oh, we saw three sharks," and then another friend turned around. And she's like, "No, we saw the same shark three times." <laughs> Oh, no. So, and I believe that they did see the same shark three times. So just know that, though. but they disclaim that when you go shark diving, cage diving, Mm. they don't guarantee that you'll see sharks, you know? Yeah. So keep that in mind when you're spending hundreds of dollars. Yeah. (laughs) Also, as always, try to pick a company that does it ethically and not tries to like mess with the ecosystem in order to get them to come close to Mm -hmm. those in the water. Yeah. Um, road trips, you can road trip down to Cape Point, which was like a beacon of hope and light for those sailors, Mm -hmm. um, and explorers like sailing around the, the Cape Chapman's Peak, which is a nice, cool road trip. Uh, I might save the big road trips for another episode because there are some epic ones in South Africa, like absolutely epic ones, which I did one of them, but I could literally do an entire episode on this four day (laughs) road trip. I took. it was amazing. Uh, if you want to go... Um, one of my favorite parts, one of my things not to miss wine country, big fan of wine country. There's Stellenbosch, there's Constantia, which is the closest to Cape Town. Stellenbosch is kind of a drive out like 40 minutes or so. Uh, Franschuk, which is like the, the actual town portion of Stellenbosch. Uh, there's also a university in Stellenbosch, but I did like two full day wine tours while I was there and Mm -hmm. it's just so much fun. So incredible. I have my favorites. And it is a big thing to do in um, in South Africa. They're very proud of their okay. wine culture there.
1: That's good to know. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't really see Cape Town as a wine
0: country, but that's good to you know, know. I didn't know that South Africa produced wine until I lived in Australia mm. in 2017. And someone was like, oh, look at this South African wine. And I'm like, South African wine? Wow. So I didn't know South African wine was a thing mm-hmm. until six years ago. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they have a good
1: uh, what is it climate for?
0: Yes, it's a beautiful. It's yeah. a very like Mediterranean type climate, which always surprises me because they call it a Mediterranean type climate, but they're nowhere near like the Mediterranean. Mediterranean, yeah. yeah. And then Stellenbosch is interesting because obviously Cape Town is right on the beaches and the waters. Mm-hmm. Also, it's one of the windiest places you'll ever go to in <laughs> your life. So it's cooler, but when you go to Stellenbosch, it's literally like twenty degrees warmer. Oh, okay. It's it's much hotter, which is ideal for growing. Yeah. You know, vines. Um, and of course, there's there's tons of food all over the city. Any kind of food you can imagine. It's super super diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and museums, museums to learn about their history, their culture. It's it's um. You know, there's lots of it. So, Bokop, which is also uh, where the country's first Muslims used to reside. Okay. It's a beautiful, colorful houses. Uh, District 6 is a great museum. Robin Island. The whole island is a museum. It's where Mandela was locked up mm. for seven years. Um, but yeah, just learning about wherever you're going is always yeah smart. So, tons of things to do. I could go on forever, but those are some of my top recommendations for Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah, that's amazing. We'll Do keep... not miss those. Do not miss those ones. Yeah. Um, Gear and packing. Huh. Gear yeah. and packing is interesting because I don't have too much to say on it. For me, that went for almost five weeks but knew I was staying in an apartment. Mm-hmm. I brought and checked a big luggage. Okay. And then I brought a day pack on the plane. And that was it because... <laughs> didn't think i could have more (laughs) on the plane yeah so i walked around to the lounges etc on the plane with just my like it was like an adidas backpack that was it yeah Yeah. and like all of the big cities in south africa cape town johannesburg durban uh anywhere you go actually mostly anywhere you go will have stores where you can purchase clothing that you need similar to things you could get back Home, yeah. Um, like I said, the wind. Be prepared for that. I had to buy an extra windbreaker because I didn't realize like how windy it was gonna be. Like Cape Town as a whole, like
1: everywhere in Cape Town.
0: Every yeah, pretty much everywhere. And then of course, the higher you get, the windier yeah. it is. So, um, and just prepare for lots of outdoor activities. I went during summer, so a lot of people brought tons of bathing suits and summer clothing. Mm-hmm. So it was perfect. Just be there, you know. Just prepare nice. for. The weather there, I think the biggest thing is winter. The rain, it's not too surprising. You know, you'll know in advance when it's coming. (laughs) It's not like surprise rain like in Hawaii or Bali, any of that. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah. gear and packing, I think you can make that your own. Budget. Budget is interesting because South Africa was actually a lot more affordable than I thought it would be, to be honest. Mm. Also... I watched a TikTok the other day with a girl who had travel icks. And this made me mad because it's one of my ics too. Yeah. She said she she gets actually like ticked off when people call a cut a whole country cheap. Mm. And that makes me mad too, because I'm like, for the people that live there, that's true. That's what they can afford. That is their style of living. And you're coming in here being like, wow, this is yeah. all like so cheap and so inexpensive and oh my god i'm richer than everyone here and i cannot stand that Mm -hmm. so i can't tell you how many people in my group i literally had to be like you need to stop i told Mm -hmm. people this yeah you need to stop calling everything cheap and you need to stop saying it out loud around the other south africans that are living here because that's an embarrassment for you and for them yeah like do not humiliate people like that
1: i feel like i say that then i'm gonna correct myself
0: But you don't say, well, you probably don't say it, like, out loud. I don't say it out loud, Like, would you go to an an Indonesian and be like, wow, look how dirt cheap your food is? (laughs) Like, that's embarrassing, Oh, yeah, I don't say it out loud, no. People say that out loud? That's what I'm saying. People are saying it out loud. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my gosh, I don't know these. And then, of course, they can hear your American voice, your accent, and then they're going to tie it. Then they're going to generalize and be like, wow, all Americans act like that. Mm -hmm. so please don't call an entire country cheap because that's not the situation like there's other ways to rephrase that like maybe more affordable Mm -hmm. or your dollar goes further yeah or just don't say it yeah just don't say like yeah just like be happy in the fact that like you were surprised that you know things were a little bit less expensive than you thought they were gonna Mm -hmm. be that's how I got there I was I was like oh okay okay this is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I. that means I tipped well while I was there though. Yeah. <laughs> we looked at the menu and was like, <laughs> let me get this, 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 this. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, like a few things to help you prepare like for what the cost of items are when you're running around Cape Town, which keep in mind, obviously, big cities are always way more expensive if you're going outside the big city, Mm -hmm. somewhere rural or smaller towns, right, where there's a lot more locals. So base price of Ubers were always about 43 Rand. Rand is the um, South African Rand that is the currency unit. Uh, when I was there, it was about 17 Rand to $1. So, base price of an Uber is about $2.35. Base price, if you're going, like, the shortest distance. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And if you're sharing that with people, like, we didn't even... Because they were quite affordable for us, mm-hmm. we weren't even, like, charging... We weren't splitting the Ubers at yeah. that point. It would be like, you get the next one, you get the next right. one, etc. So... Um, Venmo me 50 cent. Yeah, yo. can you imagine? Like, <laughs> I'd be like, it's okay, I can get this one. Yeah. Uh, price of beer at an inexpensive restaurant was about 40 rand, so about the same price, like two and a half dollars. Price of a cup of coffee, like an iced cup of coffee, could be like 50 rand. Okay. So maybe like three dollars and something. Uh, bottle of wine, anywhere between about, like for a decent but inexpensive bottle of wine, anywhere mm-hmm. between like three dollars and five dollars fifty. Okay. About like one you can buy at Woolies, Woolworths, the grocery store. Uh, physical therapy. I had to go see a, a physio. They call them physiotherapists mm-hmm. everywhere in the world besides the United States <laughs> of America. They call them physiotherapists, physio for short. I had to go see one because I thought I had re-injured my leg. Um, they don't care if you have insurance. You pay out of pocket. Do you want to take a stab at how much it was? Um, In USD, I want to say $25. Oh, I mean, that would be great. (laughs) It was about $39 US dollars. Wow. Per session. Um, In the United States, a physical therapy session for like 50 minutes is like $300 something dollars. Right, and
1: that's 50 minutes, not even
0: the full hour. Yeah, and that's if insurance doesn't cover it. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is insane. So I was glad to pay my $39 Mm -hmm. to get the exact same treatment we get here in the U.S. You know, we bought Indian food. Like, for example, we went to Indian food, uh, a friend and I, Mm -hmm. this cool kind of food market, food hall. We literally spent like $15 for the both of us. I swear it could have fed a family of six. We bought way too much food on accident. We just bought like two curries and two pieces of bread. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was they still, came out in big old It was letters. massive, and we're like, oh my... But it was the cheapest meal we had while we were there. Mm, okay. Um, fun fact, South Africa, or like Durban, South Africa, which is on the East Coast, has the largest Indian population in the world outside of India. Oh. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Indian influence in Durban, which was on the complete opposite side of the country okay. from where I
1: was. Wow, nice.
0: Yeah. So... If you're going to a fancy restaurant or fancy bar, not like uber uber fancy like mm-hmm. five stars, but um like a more upscale, okay, kind of a trendy bar there. Anywhere between 3 and 10 dollars per plate. Uh so, you know, we were cool with those prices. Things like special things going up to table mountain mm. was 400 rand. It's about 22 US dollars. Mm. Which sounds quite pricey, actually, but you can go for free on your birthday, <laughs> <laughs> which is cool, but to a South African, that's a lot of mo- 400 rand is a lot of money, okay. you know? Yeah. When, you, when you compare it to the price of everyday things. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but you can go for free on your birthday, which I would recommend, but honestly, we went up to Table Mountain by Cable Car, and it... Was one of, we spent like four and a half hours up there. It was one of the coolest oh, so things cool. ever. There's restaurants, there's wine tasting, there's guided nature walks you can take. Wait, you can explore what? everywhere. There's viewpoints. It's like a little town up there. It everywhere. is. It Cute. is beautiful. It's so stunning. It's absolutely stunning. Okay. Uh, things like kayaking for two hours in the morning. We went with a guy named Jordy, um Atlantic, I can't remember, it was like Atlantic Sea Sports or whatnot. That was like 30 US dollars to go nice. for two hours. Okay. Um, just giving you all like an idea of the pricing of things, you know, wine tasting. We did a wine and chocolate pairing that netted out to just under $11. But mm-hmm. it was like five wines, five different chocolates. Yeah. That's not bad. If you got that here in California, that'd literally be three times the price. Exactly. How, um, did, you, how did
1: you feel about the chocolate? Because I know you're not big on chocolate. Yeah,
0: I know. My friend, so one of my friends didn't drink. <laughs> okay. So we actually, so oh. we actually split one. I took the wine <laughs> She took the chocolate. That's smart. Yeah, so it actually was like $5 wine tasting for me for five different wines, which is so reasonable. And any other wine tasting, like I took photos of the menus and whatnot, um, a lot of other wine tastings would range between 55 Rand and 95 Rand, which is, you know, not too expensive at all yeah um it is that's probably literally like a fifth of the price of any wine tasting we would pay here in california yeah so get your wine tastings worth in south africa honestly
1: amazing yeah yeah uh
0: my favorite my favorite favorite dish in all of cape town was at the oranizik market It's in spicy cape malay food stand uh it was 120 Rand, which nets out to like about six dollars and fifty-five cents. The plate was a vegetarian options and it did have a lot more food than I've seen for other similar plates. Okay. It's definitely worth it because it had a lot more like different flavors, different foods. Gotcha. Yeah. So budgeting, you know, whatever you like to spend, <laughs> spend accordingly, but spend it on wine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that kind of gives you an idea of like pricing, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, working remotely, like I said, I went there to work remotely, working remotely in Cape town is a very, very, very popular thing to do. But what I didn't realize before I went is how interesting the load shedding is Mm. now load shedding, um, has been around for a few years, very heavily in all of South Africa, And because electricity and power is kind of run by the government there. These are like internal political government issues. Um, They've decided because there's an energy crisis that the energy needs to be turned off several times a day for a few hours a day. And every neighborhood has different times of load shedding. So there's an app that i used while i was there is called escom push which is really really helpful everyone hasn't used it and it would tell you all the load shedding times for the next 48 hours okay so that is how you can plan accordingly right yeah um the thing is with load shedding it doesn't affect people who can afford generators now when you think of that that's businesses right Uh, The government, they don't shut their block down at all because it's in the same block as a hospital and you can't have the power go off during the hospital. Mm -hmm. I do think it's, I mean, I'm not going to speak on my issues on a country that I don't live in, but um, there are people who cannot afford generators. Yeah. So they're without power, they're without electricity, they're without washing, you know, anything that can help them run, do work, household chores, etc., like continue to live uninterrupted. Uh, that gets interrupted. Yeah. So, but a lot of the businesses you'll go out to in the city will have backup generators and it just takes like 10 seconds to kick back on. So I've been in the grocery store, which one of them was in the basement. I've been in the grocery store and I I thought load shedding wasn't happening for another few minutes. And I was like, oh, I'll be out of here before then. But then it started like a little earlier than I thought it was yeah. going to. I'm not even kidding. And I took a video of it too, how the power went off. But then 10 seconds later, it went back on because they just get onto a backup generator. Also, the thing that bothered me about load shedding the most is that when they say it will be from like 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., it never goes off right at 2. Sometimes it'll go off at 2.08. Sometimes it'll go off at 2.29. Sometimes it'll go off at 2.14. And you don't know. So you're just like waiting, twiddling your thumbs for, you know, however long until it finally goes off. And then there were some times where it didn't actually go off. Oh. So I was like, oh, we have power for the next right two hours. Okay. So my building that I lived in was interesting because the, this was great. The Wi-Fi was kept on at all times. Mm. The Wi-Fi went on a backup, but the power would still, like the electricity and the lights and the washing machine would go off. Yeah. And you wouldn't be able to use it. But I would bring a ring light with me. And if I had to hold meetings in my apartment, I still could because I'd have like two different ring lights on me. And then when you pop a background behind you, you can't even tell yeah, like a fake Zoom or Google <laughs> Meet background. Um, but luckily the workspace I worked from, uh, Watershed 17, because of the program I was in, the uh, power would never go out. That would always go on, go on a backup generator. So we had 24-7 access to the workspace, which means... If we ever had a meeting mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, because for us, we're, like, 10 hours behind. Right. Uh, we could always go to the workspace to have power and Wi-Fi. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's good. That was guaranteed because, you know, we're paying for that also.
1: <laughs> yes, you are.
0: <laughs> yep. And, um, but, yeah, I think, like, obviously, when there's natural daylight, it maybe doesn't affect you that much. mm mm-hmm. As far as electricity, I know people do some of their washing during the day and whatnot. But there were some mornings where I wanted to make coffee and then I forget load shedding. Uh, I can't, <laughs> can't even boil water. Oh, no. So, yeah. Um, the thing with South Africans is like when we go there, we're like, oh, my gosh, we feel so bad. Your power goes out. But for them, it's just a way of life now. Mm-hmm. You know, every government, every system has their issues they learn how to work around it until they can solve these bigger issues coming from the top yeah. and affecting their whole country uh they've learned to live through the load shedding mm-hmm. so i think one thing that a lot of locals may tell you is like you know what we work around it that's good you don't need to pity us yeah that's true yeah yeah i mean to me it still is like a classist thing yeah. but those are those are some issues that my i myself alone cannot cannot fix unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So <laughs> working remotely, I don't think you'll have too too big of a problem there. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you invest in a workspace. Like like I said, the program I went with is Remote Year. They take digital nomads anywhere they can go um or anywhere around the world that they have programs in. So it was really helpful in finding us, yeah, workspace. While you're there, oh man, I mean, I feel like I've kind of... This can just kind of tie anything together. While you're there, I'd say the biggest thing is learn about the country and the city's history. Yes. And really take that to heart and carry that with every person that you meet, every local that you meet, um, and know that everyone has a story, right? Mm -hmm. These museums are... They're complimentary or they're free or they're discounted um, for a reason. And if they're not, it's to go back and support the local economy, right? Always buy small. We always promote going to local yeah. shops, buying local, bringing souvenirs back to friends that were handmade, etc. Um, like I said, the languages, main languages used, Zulu, Kosa, Afrikaans, which is derived from Dutch, uh, English. And most places actually use English. Okay. So if all you speak is English... Um, try to learn some words first off sure. in Xhosa, but if all you speak is English, you will be able to get by. Yeah. Yep. Um, the first people of South Africa, just a little bit of history. First people were the tribes Khoikhoi and the San. Those are important to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, the first heart transplant in the world was in Cape Town, South Africa nice. in 1967. Wow. Yeah, the hospital that That's the fun because the air the airport passes by or the drive from the airport into the city passes by the hospital where the first heart transplant was. Ah, so every driver will always be like that's where the first heart Aww. transplant was performed. Yeah. Isn't we that a a cool of fact? That. Oh that's yeah, dope. they do. Yeah, that's really tons dope. of pride. Yeah. Um so it's interesting in terms of like who came and conquered and like influenced Cape Town in particular, the Chinese came very very early, centuries and centuries ago. Um, started trade there, then the Portuguese settled for a bit in the 1400s, Whoa. and you'll see you'll see this actually because there are actually a lot of Portuguese restaurants sprinkled throughout Cape okay. Town. Um, but they basically were like it's too windy, and then they left. <laughs> <For a while. laughs> that was a cliff note. That was the cliff notes version I got. And did I say it's windy? It's it windy. windy. Yeah. <laughs> So the Portuguese and I were like, it's too windy here. (laughs) Um, They still left a lot of influence. Like I said, you'll see a lot of Portuguese restaurants while you're there. Uh, Also, the Dutch and the English basically fought for control over Cape Town in South Africa for the next, like, two centuries. Yeah. It was, like, back and forth and back and forth, so... Um, there's a lot of Dutch influence, there's a lot of English influence in Cape Town in particular. Now, one of the saddest parts of history, one that we'll always learn from as well because it's a big part of the history, is apartheid. Mm. Apartheid is basically like the Jim Crow laws and the segregation laws that happened here in the U.S. for decades and decades. They basically took... Blacks and whites, they separated them. They said, you can't live in the same neighborhoods. You can't pee in the same bathrooms. You can't go to the same schools. Mm -hmm. And crazy enough, you know, that period was from 1948 to like 1990s. Jeez. That was just like So apartheid just ended like 30 years ago. Wow. Which is wild. Yeah. So, you know, they're moving towards hopefully a better, brighter, more inclusive future. Mm Mm-hmm. But these systems were created the same reason as they were in the U.S. to oppress black people and hinder them financially, economically, socially, all Mm -hmm. of that. So, um, Robben Island is a great place to learn. It's embedded in their history. It's where they sent a lot of the prisoners. Um, Nelson Mandela was locked up there for seven years. I actually didn't realize he's been in several prisons Oh, I yeah, thought I so. So Robin Island is just a short boat ride, like a 30 minute boat ride from Cape Town. OK, but he basically spent the longest of his time locked up in Robin Island. But I thought he was there his whole life. This is before mm-hmm. I went to Cape Town and knew anything. Right. Right. Yeah. But um now they use it to teach people about the history of Robin Island um, the history of the country, the history of Cape Town itself and how it was established. Really, really well-run tour. Highly, highly recommend That's it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. District 6 is another museum um, where, you know, where colored people were forcibly removed from their homes during apartheid mm-hmm. and put in a different neighborhood. Uh Museum, uh, is also a great place to learn about a, you know, it has the, the the neighborhood, has the country's largest mosque in it as well, and it's just a beautiful neighborhood, a lot of history. Uh, another thing you'll notice, this is what also we were educated on when we got there. They use the term in South Africa, colored. We don't say that here in the United States. Like, colored is a literal race there. Okay. So it's a literal term to defi- like define people, and it's not, it's like a government, it's not a, um, what am I trying to say? Like a s- specified ethnicity or something? Correct. Oh. It's not offensive. Okay. Whereas it's interesting because in the US yeah. is very offensive. Right. So I'm sorry if you guys are getting offended. Uh, please don't try, try not to get offended because I'm telling you this is a term that they use in South Africa. Okay. But yeah, we were told when we got there because they knew, we were a group of mainly Americans, yeah. they knew that when we heard that we were going to be like, oh! Mm -hmm. but they're like this is why we use it so having these having these conversations I'm glad I'm able to pass this knowledge on yeah because I would have never known this I would have gone there and be like why are they calling them colored like you know okay so just a little bit of like history while you're there walking around and you're hearing things you're in museums etc but it's always helpful I I learned so much when I was down there I went I felt like I went to Cape Town without knowing a ton which Mm -hmm. I kind of liked all right right you go in there with a kind of like
1: low expectation yeah. and little knowledge of it just mm-hmm. because that enhances your experience when you're there.
0: 100%. And yeah. a lot of curiosity. Yes. Right? Yes. And open-mindedness. Yes. So, yeah. Exactly. So, the last section I'm going to get to, the save the best for last, is Food. <laughs> Yes, food. let's go. <laughs> um, like I mentioned, Durban, South Africa, has the largest population of Indians outside of India, so there's a lot of Indian influence, tons of delicious Indian food. Yum. Um, very Cape Town especially, very much a mix of European, Cape Malay cultures from all over the world, all over the continent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite dishes were actually Cape Malay food because okay. even the basic dishes had like such a punch of flavor their basic beans shakalaka my mm-hmm. favorite dish oh my gosh my favorite south african what? dish it's called shakalaka it's like beans and spices and it sounds so like random yeah. but when you were done eating the beans and the veggies in it then mm-hmm. you just take some bread some other delicious bread and you like dip it just in dip the sauce it. Oh. it was incredible it was just so so good and if you know me i'm pescatarian mm-hmm. Um, they did cook fish every once in a while, but it wasn't as common as having meat just because having okay. different types of meat, um, they would eat like chicken feet is one of their delicacies, I which see. I don't eat. Mm-hmm. Um, different types of meat that I didn't really indulge in. So, you know, it was kind of carb loading with spices, but <laughs> it's all good. Right. I tried to eat. This is one regret that I had, and I think I started doing it too late. I tried to eat as much African food as possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about from like the entire continent of Africa, which they've made available in Cape Town. Like we went to an awesome little Ethiopian place. Mm. But I felt like because I was was hanging out with, I did hang out with some locals here and there, but we kind of all went, whether I was with locals or with Americans in my group, we still went to a lot of like the trendier European Western okay. yeah. places, if you will. Like Australian or American or European. Right. And then towards the end, I was like, I have not eaten as much African like, food as yeah. I wanted. And that's the thing. It's like, it's less expensive. Mm-hmm. It's way more flavorful. Yeah. You know, you just mm-hmm. got to hunt for it. So I finally went on this incredible food tour with a man named Coffee the King. He was so cool. And he nice. took us to all his favorite little places around like kind of like the central business district mm-hmm. in Cape Town and he had us try uh, Senegalese coffee. We had a man nice. from Senegal come in and like teach us how coffee is made in his country. We had jollof from Mali, Ooh. which jollof, you know, everyone's going to argue who has the best jollof, right? Yeah. Everyone's going to argue about that. But I asked him, I was like, coffee, what's your favorite? He's like, honestly, it's this Mali one. And after I tried it, I could see why. Because I think it's one of my favorites, too. There you go. It's so good. There you go. Um, but I'll drop the link to his tour in here because I think it's so, so worth it. And if you go to Cape Town, I think you should do it the first few days you're there. Right. So that you can kind of go back to the places that mm. uh, he recommends or try, you know, spinoffs of them. But he is where I learned about the Ethiopian place as well. So we got to go there through Coffee's recommendation. But... Yeah, the food is just a big mix. It is very diverse. I did okay. weirdly enough have Mexican food mm. while I was there. How I was, was on it? a date. Okay. Okay. For for not a Mexican in sight for thousands and thousands of kilometers. <laughs> and from being like as far away from Mexico as humanly yeah. possible. I actually give the food like a seven. Wow. Which is kinda high, huh? Okay. Yeah, that is high. Do you remember the
1: name of the place?
0: Yes, it's called El Burro. There you go. So check it out when yeah, you <laughs> The drinks were pretty good. They had all yeah. kinds of tequila. I was very surprised at their tequila selection. Nice. I was like, can you imagine the import fees on all of this? hmm <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Or maybe they're just importing it from Europe, which could be a little bit cheaper okay. instead of importing it from Mexico. i not yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the food, very, very diverse. I would say definitely immerse yourself in, in African food as much as you can. Yeah. While there. But Cape Town really does have it all. Asian food, uh Southeast Asian food, Indian food, all kinds of European foods, tons of African food, even Mexican food. Man. So I'm gonna go there and be on a hunt for boba. Yeah. <laughs> there were some places oh, I don't hunt for boba like you do. Yeah, yeah. But there were there were definitely some oh, really? tea sh- Yeah, yeah. Oh nice. Absolutely, definitely some tea shops there. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is That's, I mean, that is Cape Town in a nutshell. I know I went through that pretty quick, but you know, that's just to inspire y'all to get going. Exactly. Cape Town is for everybody. It is. It really is. It is such a vibrant city with so much nature and diverse food and a rich history. And I highly, highly recommend it. I cannot wait to go back. Sweet. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Leah, for sharing.
1: (laughs) There are some items in this episode we may get a small commission from if you buy through our direct links. It helps us to keep
0: creating fun and super helpful travel content for you. We wouldn't be anywhere without the support you've given us, and for that, we're always appreciative. To support the podcast even further with just a $2 donation, head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash ticket to
1: anywhere. To be the first to get our episodes, subscribe to Ticket to Anywhere on YouTube. Share this episode with a friend if you found it helpful. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Listen to Ticket to Anywhere wherever you get your podcasts.